Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and I'm so happy that you're here today to hear the Word of God, because we know that when we hear the Word, faith comes alive. Praise God. And I believe that the faith of God is being activated in your life, and that the promises of God are thus being manifested in your life. So thank you for joining me today. I do believe that God has a word tailor-made for you, and that what you're going to hear today will speak directly to your heart, and will be the spiritual nourishment, the heavenly manna that you need. Oh yes, we thank God for T-bone steaks and, uh, and nice fresh bread, but Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So that denotes a proceeding word that continues to come forth. We can't live on yesterday's word. We thank God for it. But God's got a word for you today. And I ask you to open your heart to receive from the word of God that which he has provided for you. Praise God. Let's take a look today at the book of wisdom, Proverbs chapter four. Let's go down to verse seven. And we're going to prepare our hearts to receive the tithes and offerings. We always want to honor the Lord with our finances. This is a part of our worship. Just as much as lifting your hands and singing songs to the Lord, this also is a very key element of worship. Let's look today at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. Just one verse I want to uh, discuss a little bit with you today as we honor the Lord with our giving. Uh, the Bible says, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore because of this, get wisdom. Now, what does it mean when it says that wisdom is the principal thing? That means that wisdom is the most important thing. You could also say that wisdom is the chief thing. And so this is a number one thing that you need to go after in life. Wisdom is the primary thing, the principal thing, the key thing. Therefore, get wisdom. So, I believe that when you walk in the wisdom of God, you start making right decisions. Praise God. What does the wisdom of God allow you to do? Well, as you associate wisdom with the Word of God, and you see the wisdom of God's Word, and you act upon that, you live in that, my friends, you begin to start doing the right thing, and you stop doing the wrong thing. Now, this is very important, because as you make right decisions consecutively over and over and over again, your prosperity will begin to come forth. Because if you boil it down and look at it carefully, it's your decisions that decide your wealth. It's your decision-making ability. So if you are making the right decisions, then you are going to position yourself for the prosperity of God. If you're making poor decisions wrong decisions, that can really hurt you financially. Now watch this. It can hurt you even if you have a great income, but you're not walking in the wisdom of God. It can still hurt you in a very uh, uh, tangible way. It can still touch you. Praise God. You know, despite the amazing salaries and the incomes that some professional athletes have, have earned, you still see in the lives of some that because they did not have wisdom, it came back to hurt them later in their life. Um, and it's really unfortunate that for some of these young athletes making millions and millions of dollars that perhaps there wasn't a father figure who would speak into their life and say, hey, 
I know you're having a lot of fun, but you need to be wise in the way that you handle all of this money because, you know, you're 21 years old. And you're not always going to be 21 years old. One day, although it may seem like forever, one day you're going to be 40. One day you're going to be 50. One day you'll be 60. And it may seem like an eternity off, but you need wisdom so that you are properly handling uh, the blessings that are pouring into your life at this time. You know, there was one a very gifted NBA player uh, in basketball, the National Basketball Association. And uh, he was, at that time, he was the highest scorer in the NBA. Incredible athlete, incredible God-given uh, talent and ability. But he did not have wisdom in the area of finances. And so he would just spend the money as fast as it came in. He had all kinds of exotic cars. He had a Lamborghini. He had the, you know, he had the Bentley. He had the, he had the Mercedes Maybach. He had, he had all of these things and he had millions and millions of dollars coming in. But you know, it was only just a few years ago uh, after he had retired and stuff like that. It was only just a few years ago. He said out of his own mouth, he said, I don't even have enough money now. Now listen to this. This is a man that made millions and millions of dollars. He said, I don't even have enough money now to buy a cheeseburger. Okay. So some of you, you're thinking, I need m more money. I, I, I need more money. No, you need wisdom. Because the truth is, is that some of you have a good income. The reason you're coming up short is poor decision making. Lack of wisdom. Okay, so when you start to operate in wisdom, and it says in the Bible, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. When you begin to operate in wisdom, life begins to run a whole lot smoother. So some of you, you don't have a money problem. You, you just need to start tapping into the wisdom of God. By the way, this is the wisdom of God. The Holy Spirit will reveal to wor the Word of God to you principles, commandments, directives, as well as the inner leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit to make the right choices in life. You know, there was a player in the National Football League. He was very famous, very well known, uh, won a Super Bowl, and uh you know, they, they made the, uh, a Super Bowl ring for all the players. Of course, if you win a world championship, you get a special ring, right? And he was very famous because he was very liked in his city. And also he, because his hands were so, so large and his fingers were so huge, the ring that they made for him was the largest ring they'd ever made for anybody ever on, uh, on the planet. So he had huge fingers and he wanted to get as, just as much gold as he could into that ring. So this jumbo-sized ring. But here was a person making tremendous money, tremendous money, but only a short time after his career ended, all the money was gone. All the money was spent, or it was just, it's just, you know, it's kind of used up on this or that. And so he's out there working at a job as a bricklayer. And then because of health issues, he actually, I, I know today he's living on Social Security disability check. That's it. From winning a Super Bowl, from being world famous, and you know, a lot of times when these guys get to that level, these guys are gals, it's not just your income, it's the endorsements for TV commercials and uh, endorsements for products, and you can, make, you can make more money off a shoe contract than you can off of your salary for whatever that sport is. So this guy made all, all of this money, but today all he has is a Social Security disability check. 
that he's living on. He even sold his Super Bowl ring, sold everything, and uh, reduced to Social Security disability check. And this is because I believe these young men, when they were young, nobody ever spoke into their life about wisdom and said, please, you're gifted, you're talented, please let me sit down with you and help you because you know when you're wealthy like that, you'll have a world of friends, but they're not true friends. They just want to sponge off of you. And you know, the, the, going back to the NBA basketball player who was the highest scorer in the NBA who had all of this wealth and eventually ran into financial trouble, well, you know what? He would sit around uh, his house and play Monopoly with his friends, and they would use his money for Monopoly money. In other words, they wouldn't use Monopoly money, fake money. They would use his money, and if his friends won, he'd let them keep the money. You know what? If you have friends like that that are just taking, sponging, and misusing you, those aren't true friends. And so people like that need somebody to speak into their life the counsel of God, the wisdom of God, the love of God, and say, look, you're in the prime of your life. You're, you're doing really well, but it may not always be like this. You need to be able to set some aside. You need to uh, learn financial stewardship. And th these things will help you so that later on, you're not in a position where you're suffering. Praise God. So there are people that make millions and millions of dollars, and to them, they think they still don't have enough. They still have money problems. They still get behind. They, they bite off more than they can chew. They, they, you know, they don't want a 5,000 square foot home. They want a, you know, 30,000 square foot home. And so it's just gobble up this, gobble up that. And then they have a hiccup or something happens. The contract doesn't get extended. Now all of a sudden they have to start liquidating. So, you know, this has happened to uh, Hollywood movie stars. This has happened to pro athletes. This has happened to, uh, to ministers. This has happened to Christians. So, my friends, we need to walk in the wisdom of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you do that, your prosperity will be established. It will be established, and you'll be strong, but you'll be healthy financially. Praise God. I really believe that the wisdom of God extends into every area of our life that we need within these different compartments of our lives. We need to tap into the wisdom of God. I wish somebody would have spoken to me when I was in my early 20s, when I was in high school, and would have instilled some wisdom into me. You know, when I grew up in church, we had some good preaching. There were some preachers, they could preach. I mean, they'd Ooh, they, they'd preach, and they'd sweat, and they'd holler, and uh, some of them were a little more stoic, of course, in the denomination I grew up in. It was a little bit just more, you know, stoic, and you stand there and deliver the message with no emotion, no feeling, but th there were some others that could, that could preach and stuff like that, but really, I never really heard teaching. Do you know what I mean by teaching? Where somebody's actually teaching you something from the Bible that you can take it and use it in your life, and it helps you? Sometimes I listen to certain messages, and I think, you know, uh, some people that are just, you know, a lot, of, a lot of excitement get you all worked up, and I stop and think, well, how's that going to help me pay my bills? That's a nice message, but really, when the rubber meets the road, when life, we have to live life on Monday, how's that going to help me pay my bills? Other types of messages, you wonder, you know, like, oh, that's a nice message, a nice therapy message, but you know, if you're sick and you, you're believing God to get healed, like, how's that going to help you get healed? It's just a nice, nice, you know, emotional, 
little little sermonette. You know, and, you know, we're not we're not like really putting that down. It's some something's better than nothing. But I believe that the word should be practical. I believe that the Bible should work in our lives. That we're not just doing a history lesson. This is not just something to verify archaeology. This is not just something where we are, you know, we're trying to just be intellectual. No, we we want this stuff to be real. In other words, we're looking for scripture that applies to our lives. We can take it and live it. So my friends, the more you come into the wisdom of God, the more you will be making right decisions over and over and over again. And you'll begin to see problems that are associated with living just begin to evaporate. Because many of the things that we go through in life are self-inflicted through bad decisions. Now, I know that hindsight, as they say, is 2020. In other words, looking back, you have clear vision. You can see, oh, yeah, I, I wish I hadn't have done that. But going forward, we have to walk by faith. But as we use faith, let us also trust God for that illumination of the Spirit. Praise God. I think that God is able to lead us so clearly that even if we, let, let's say we don't know the whole Bible. Let's say you're a brand new Christian and you don't even know where the book of Genesis is at yet. But yet you're saved and you're born again and you love God. I believe that the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you is able to give you inner illumination, inner light, so that you can still have a sense of knowing this is what I should do. This, for some reason, is what I should not do. Praise God. Now, of course, in, in the book of Romans, chapter 8, that is referred to in verse 14 as the inner witness, inner guidance, not outer guidance, inner guidance. Praise God. Hallelujah. The inner leading of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, helping you. So my friends, the Word and the Holy Spirit are leading us into all truth, leading us into the wisdom of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. So Father, I just lift up your people, and I ask that you give them your wisdom. I'm praying that your wisdom for financial application be applied in their lives, that the light come on, that if they're about to do something that that you would not want them to do, that they catch that, that they sense that, that they see that, and they pull back from that. So I pray, Father, that the path of blessing that you have for them be well illuminated by the spirit of wisdom. Now, we thank you, Father, that if we ask you for wisdom, then you give it generously. You give it liberally, and you don't withhold. You don't look down upon us for asking. You're glad to give it to us. So, Father, we look to you, the God of all wisdom, and we ask that you release great measures of wisdom so that we may have success in life, success in marriage, success in, in finances, success in healthy living, and, Father God, that our lives are pleasing to you. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I believe there's many of you watching right now that, that some of you would be uh, like the older generation that we would call the wisdom generation. You know what? I believe God's going to give you opportunities to speak into the lives of young people that are in their early 20s, some even that are in their 30s that are doing very, very well, and you're going to be able to speak into their lives and, and just give them 
even words of wisdom, I believe, words of wisdom. God's going to show you things to, sh to share with them, uh, to, give, to give them the help that they need. Because some of them, if they don't get that wisdom, they're going to end up in a place where they had a lot, but now uh, they'll find themselves a few years down the road where it's not there anymore. Because, you know, the thing, things changed and stuff like that. So, you know what? God will always have a flow for you, but you have to walk in His wisdom. So there will be divine appointments. Get ready for that for you to be able to speak into their lives. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we give you praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let us today go to the gospel of Matthew chapter 18. As you're turning to Matthew 18, uh, let me just pray over your giving. Heavenly Father, bless your people, their tithes and their offerings. We thank you they're standing on the platform of, of a financial covenant with you, so they have stability and strength. That is your wisdom. That's what you said to do. So we thank you, Father God, that that's what we're obeying, and it's working. We give you praise. Father, bless your people. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now, if you're sending in your tithes and offerings through the mail, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 3456, Mooresville, North Carolina, our zip code here, 28117. If you want to bring them in online, over the internet, please visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There is the link there on the homepage. You'll see it called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap. And you can click on that, hit that donation button. They come right into the storehouse of God. I see God's wisdom covering you day and night, covering you, husbands and wives in agreement, walking in the wisdom of God in agreement. Hallelujah. This is very, very exciting. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Let's go over today to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 18, and I want to talk about the power that is available in the prayer of agreement. Praise the Lord. You know, I was thinking about this today, and I haven't preached on this on this topic in a long time. I think it's maybe been years. It wouldn't surprise me if it's been maybe four or five years since I've talked about this, but you know, this verse that I'm going to take you to, I've had some, some, uh, very profound miracles in my life happened because I exercised this verse. Pastor Stephen, what do you mean you exercised the verse? Well, I read it, I believed it, and I acted on it. That, that's what I mean. It's like, it's like um, seeing a wrench laying down on a, um, on, you know, like a, over by the tool shed area. You see a wrench, and you have something over here in your house that can be fixed. We're well, that's the tool that can fix it. So you take the wrench, you go over, you go over here, and you tighten up the bolt, and now it's not now it's not shaking or, or you know jiggling anymore. It's fixed, okay? So you took something and you applied it and you fixed it. Well, I took a verse out of Matthew chapter 18, applied it in my life, and it worked so amazing that really the first time I saw it ever happen working, uh, I, was, I was stunned, really stunned by the power of it. And I want to talk about this today, the power that is available in the prayer of agreement. And I want us to go to Matthew chapter 18, and let's begin today in verse 18. Let's open up the primary teaching today with prayer. Heavenly Father, we're asking that as we go into your word, that your Holy Spirit would come with the light, the illumination that he brings that the eyes of our understanding would see it, and that we can take this and just use it just as easy as we use a wrench or a screwdriver. We can take this and apply it to what we need in life. 
Now we thank you, Father. We thank you for the power of your word. This this is a rhema word, a living word from you. We thank you. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all say today, Amen. Praise God. Matthew chapter eighteen, and let's let's start off today in verse eighteen. Jesus, of course, speaking here. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Verse 19, again I say. Now, verse 18, verse 19, going into verse 20, we're all dealing with the same topic. But this is what I would like to do. I'm familiar with verse 18. I can read through verse 18. I think I have a pretty good understanding of verse 18. But you can either work this from the angle of use verse 18 or use verse 19. For me, and I don't know why, but for me, I've always worked this through verse 19. And I've had verse 19 work for me better than I could have ever hoped for on certain things that I've tackled with it. And so because of experience, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach this from verse 19. Verse 18 and 19 are both the same, but it's apples or oranges. You can, you can take this one or that one. You can use either one. They will both work for you. But because I've had success with verse 19, I'm going to teach on that today. So if you'd like 18, you can take it from that angle. It'll produce the same results. But I want to talk to you today from verse 19. Again, I say to you, that if two of you agree on earth, isn't that amazing? Two, that's you and one other person. All you have to do is find one other person on the planet who is able to meet these conditions with you, and you, my friends, can have a miracle. Hallelujah. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask. Now, I, I love the word anything, it's very broad. We could stack a lot in there. We could pack a lot in there. But I believe that as mature Christians, we also understand that we can't contort or twist the Word of God. That when you read through the Bible, you see the word anything. Or you sometimes see the word uh, anything or all things. Or, you know, you get excited. I know I do. But we, we have to keep it in the context where we can't go crazy on that, and we can't take it out of the, the setting that Jesus put it in. I believe all things have to fit within the Word. And you could take all kinds of Scriptures, and if you bend them and take them out of context, you could make it say almost anything that you want it to. So I think we already have enough leeway with the word anything in the context that it's being used that we don't have to abuse it. We don't have to move it out of its setting. We can extract so much out of this that just keeping it where it's supposed to be will keep you occupied with all the faith projects that you could ever hope to encounter or work on. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask. Okay, so you're going to ask. You have, a, you have the blank check of anything that you could go to work on. Okay, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Very, very interesting. One of the scriptures that almost seems too good to be true. I remember years back, going back, 
oh, over 30 years ago. I was, I was sitting in a dorm room, kind of like break room area. This was the dormitory break room for all of us guys. And, um, and I'm, I'm just sitting there relaxing, and a guy walks in into the break room with his Bible, and he says, he says, you guys have got to hear this verse. He said, I don't even know what to think about this verse because it sounds so good. I don't, I don't even see how it could be true. And he read the verse to us, and it wasn't verse 19, but it was a verse very, very similar to that out of the epistle first John with another one of those promises about asking and receiving. And he just said, he said, you know what? you know, I, I'm here, you know, to get my degree in Bible and to be a seminarian and one day be a preacher. But he said, some of these things that Jesus says are just like, you know, it sounds like it's too good to be true. And he's basically saying, I'm, I see it in the Bible, but I don't see it manifesting in people's lives. That's, that's, that's why he's thinking it's too good to be true. And of course, you know, I, I'm just a young guy. I didn't, I didn't know what to say. I said, well, it is an amazing verse. I don't know what to think about it, but it's in the Bible, so it's got to be true. We just, we just need to figure out how to, how to make this thing work. Praise God. Amen. So I want to talk today about verse 19. Some of the very basic conditions associated with the verse. First of all, you're, you're coming into agreement with somebody else. You need to come into agreement with something that is scriptural. Okay. You're going to both come together. You're going to ask God for something. That's great. God's going to do it. That's great. As wild as that sounds, he'll do it. But first of all, remember, it needs to be scriptural. I've had people come to me and say, Pastor Stephen, I want you to agree with me in faith, and I want you to pray a prayer of agreement that God will do this certain thing. Well, if I'm going to agree with you, I need to know what it is. What is it that you're thinking about or wanting to, you know, ask God for that you want me to join your faith with? Well, Pastor Stephen, I, I thought maybe you would tell me. Well, no, no, no. This is not a prophetic moment. This is a faith moment. So I don't need to exercise some gift of word of knowledge. Just tell me. What is it? Let's just get right to it. And sometimes they don't want to tell me because it's something goofy. So I've, I've got to, like, pull it out of them. And, you know, but look, let's just be open. It, this should be something that's scriptural. All right, Pastor Stephen, I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm wanting you to come and agree with me, with me, and we can ask God together that I win the lottery. Oh, is that what it is? Yes. And Pastor Stephen, if I win the lottery, I'll tithe. Really? Well, you're not even tithing right now. Well, yes, but if I win the lottery, you watch and see, Pastor Stephen, I'm finally going to start tithing like I should. <laughs> well, brother, I, I, I can't agree with you on that. Why, Pastor Stephen, why? Because uh, I don't believe that's scriptural. I believe that the lottery is a system where those that invest, if we can even use the word invest, as I'm saying that very liberally, those that invest into it hoping to get something out of it, 99.9% don't. And only the little, you know, 0.1 of 1% does. I don't think that's fair. I wouldn't encourage anybody to do something as reckless and foolish as that. 
Well, you know, one person said, well, you could never win if you never play. I said, yes, but you could never lose your money if you never play either. And, and you know, you, you could reverse all of these crazy arguments people have for doing crazy things. So, no, scripturally, I cannot come into agreement and pray and ask God that you're going to win the lottery. No, I'm not going to do it. So, this needs to be something that's scriptural. In other words, we could easily pull up some verses from the Bible, preferably even the New Testament, that would give validation for what it is that we're asking God to do. We can't ask God for something that, that you know, it's not biblical. Praise God. All right? But you know what? That's, that's, a pretty easy, that's a pretty easy condition to meet, because God has given us great leeway in His glorious promises that cover a, a full banquet table of blessings. So there's a lot that we can go for. Praise God. Okay, so it needs to be scriptural, what we're asking God for. Because we're going to come into agreement on this, and Jesus is going to come into the center of the agreement. Okay, so He's known as the Word, and we've, we've got to, we have to all be on the same page. You, me, and Jesus. Praise God. And you, you know if it's not agreement with God's Word, you know Jesus is not going to bless that. Absolutely not. But, but all in all, this is pretty easy for us as mature believers to find something that we can ask God for that is scriptural. Number two, I believe it needs to fit God's will for your life. Pastor Stephen, I want you to pray the prayer of faith and agreement with me. Okay, uh, before we do that, we need, I, I need to know what it is that you're wanting to ask God to, to do for you. Pastor Stephen... I'm asking God to move me to the North Pole, and I want you to agree with me that God would open up the door for me to move to the North Pole. I've always had a fascination about Santa Claus and the reindeer and, and the northern lights, and I want to move there. Brother, I don't know if that's God's will for you. What are you going to do for food? Pastor Stephen, I've been watching YouTube videos about ice fishing, how I can drill a hole through the ice and lower a hook down and pull a fish up and eat it raw. I, I think I can, I can survive on the food that's available there. Well, brother, it gets real cold there. Yes, Pastor Stephen, but I bought an extra thick coat at the sporting goods store, and I'm ready for the North Pole. Brother, I'm sorry. I know you're excited, and I know maybe this is something that you want to do, but I, I, I don't think that's God's best for you. I can't, I can't pray that you just run off to the North Pole, because I don't want you to be frozen, and, um, and I'm responsible for that. No, I'm not going to pray for you to do that. Mm -mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Woo, hallelujah. It needs to be scriptural, and it needs to be God's will for your life. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm. Woo! I've seen some people do some crazy, crazy things. Crazy, crazy. I'm talking Christians who love God, but get maybe really worked up on something. Brother, I'm going to join the circus. You think some of my stories I'm making up. I know you think, Pastor Stephen, you're just being silly. You're giving like silly examples. Some of these are not just metaphorical examples. Some of these are real. Pastor Stephen, I love Jesus. Brother, I can see that you do. Pastor Stephen, I'm going to join the circus. You are? Yes. And I'm going to, I'm going to join the circus. I feel the call. I feel the call to work around the monkeys and the lions. I feel the call to be around the jugglers. I feel the call. I feel the call of the circus. Wow. That's really interesting. 
Pastor Stephen, agree with me that I can, that I can have my break in the circus. I, I don't know. I don't know, brother. I, I'm not really thrilled about the circus. I think they abuse the animals. I think they, they, they hurt the animals. I, I don't like what they're doing to the elephants. I think they're degrading the tigers. I, I don't know if I'm into that. And the next thing you know, they've run off and joined the circus without any agreement. <laughs> Where's brother so-and-so? Uh, uh, he ran off last night and joined the circus, Pastor Stephen. He, he did? Yes, he, he, uh, I think they made him a clown. I will agree with you. I will join my faith with you for God to do a miracle in your life, but it needs to be according to God's will. And I believe it needs to be in harmony with God's will. I believe it needs to be scriptural. All in all, when you walk with the Lord and you're walking right with God, really this is easy to sort all this out. But there are those in, in the faith who are young in the Lord. And they're pulled in a million different directions at one time. And if you go for that, you'll be praying for them for everything. Pastor Stephen, agree with me for this. Okay. Pastor Stephen, agree with me for this. And it's just like, hey, you, you're agreeing for a hundred things. Hey, what about the one over here we originally started on? Oh, I've left that behind. I've gone on to something new. No. Be solid. Be mature. Lock in. Lock in and, and show stability, show maturity, praise God. Show focus, praise God, and stay on it until the task is completed. Hallelujah. I believe also that when you're asking God for something, you come in agreement with another believer, and you're asking God for something, I believe that you need to be in your faith zone. Pastor Stephen I want you to join your faith with me, and I'm asking God to make me wealthier than Jeff Bezos of Amazon, who's now worth, what, $130 million, $140 billion? Pastor Stephen, I'm asking God to make me greater than Bill Gates in wealth. Well, um, I, I, I don't know if, I just don't know if that's God's plan for your life, brother. Hallelujah. Hmm. I, I mean, do you really need eighty billion dollars? What about just what about just eighty thousand? And that might seem mountainous to a person. But you, you've got what about eight hundred thousand? Even eight million compared to the billions of. Uh, in other words, stay in your faith zone. I'm not saying you're not reaching. I'm not saying you're you're not going for something higher and lofty. But I'm saying even with that, stay in your faith zone. Don't don't go crazy. Don't, 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 don't go bunkers, okay? Because if you go beyond your faith, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. I'm not saying you can't ask, and I'm not saying you can't extend your faith over into the miraculous, but I'm saying don't go crazy. Don't, don't go crazy with something that's just like, you, you, you know that's not going to happen, okay? Because if you go beyond your faith, you'll get discouraged, and, you know, weeks go by, months go by, years go by. So make that progressive climb. You can make big enough leaps just by doing that. You don't have to go crazy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Stay in your faith zone. Now, also, when you are coming together with a person to ask God uh, to do something special, don't doubt. Don't doubt. I, I, I know that doubts can come. The enemy is going to try to get you to the doubt. Uh, if you do have, a, have, have some, some doubt that jumped in there, just, just repent. Say, Lord, I, I'm sorry. I really had locked in with you, and, but I, I got out of faith. I, I got rattled. Uh, Lord, forgive me. I'm right back in faith, and I'm right back to believing. I'm staying on that. I really believe you're going to do that. 
praise God. And so uh, you want to be a person that just says, I'm not going to doubt. I'm not going to waver. I'm locking on to this with you, and God is going to do this. Praise the Lord. Amen. So ask and do not doubt. Now, next, this is very, this is very simple and very easy. Uh, it says here, again, I say to you that if two of you agree, two of you agree, praise the Lord. All you have to do is get one person. You don't need 2,000 people. Pastor Stephen, I'm going to get a list going of people to agree with me. We're going to start a list. I'm going to get 22,000 people, and we're all going to agree, and there, and, and, and there, and then, I know for sure God's going to do it. All you need, now watch this, all you need is one person. One. One. You don't need 2,000. You don't even need 10. Just need one person who can agree with you. If you can find that person who's a believer, it's going to happen. It's just that simple. It's going to happen. Find that person who is a believer that you can agree with. Now, if you come into agreement, there's power. There's power. But if you can't come into agreement, you cannot make that power connection. See, if you are going into a dealership to buy a vehicle, you will sit down with the salesman. Of course, the salesman is, you know, he's kind of working with the sales manager, the GM, and so forth. And so, you know, you're sitting there. Okay, you're going to, you're going to need to agree on the price. If you're paying cash, that's really all you got to, to agree on is the purchase price. Now, if you are going to finance, you need to agree on the purchase price. You need to agree on the terms, the length of the terms, and, you know, all, all the other little things. But all in all, really, it just comes down to agreeing. If you can agree, both of you agree, now you can come into agreement and you can make a transaction. Woo! They're happy. You're happy. Everybody's happy. Why? an agreement was reached. You know, I was listening to a minister a couple of years back who was endeavoring to, uh, to buy a jet airplane. And he said, oh, he said, what? He said, what a negotiation we went through. He said, we wanted it. They wanted to sell it. They wanted this much. We wanted to buy it for this much and back and forth and back and forth with negotiations and back and forth. It went for days and days. And finally, the minister said, you know what? He said, as much as we want it, I, we just cannot agree with that price. So he said, he said he and his team walked away from the, the uh, negotiation table. But he said the next day, he said, he said the, seller, uh, the seller on behalf of his team called and said, look, we don't want to lose the deal. We do want to sell the plane. So what we're going to do is we're going to agree with your price. And if you'll still offer that price, the plane's yours. And he said, yes. He said, we will, we will, we will agree at that price. So, so there was an agreement made. When the agreement is made, now you can come into contract. Contract. And there's power. There's power on the contract. When you go to a job interview, praise God. You, you're, you're needing employment. You're needing work. And you, you sit down. They want something out of you. You want something from them. So what you're trying to do is you're both trying to come to an agreement. You're trying to come into the right agreement. And you're thinking, 
this is what I want for my pay. I want, I want, you know, the salary. Uh, perhaps there's room for negotiation for other things, for for benefits or you know, you know, stock compensation or whatever it might be. But there's negotiation going on. If you both can come into agreement, now what happens? Now you can work together. Now you can come together. You sign on the line. Now you belong. Uh, as an employee to that company. Praise God. Oh, it's a good thing when you can come into agreement. But if you can't come into agreement, none of these things can be transacted. Wow. So here's, here's the blessing. If you can find one believer that you can come into agreement with, will you both agree? Yep. I feel comfortable about asking God that. You feel comfortable? Yeah, I feel really good about this. And you can both agree you can ask God, no matter what it is, you can both agree, you can ask God for what it is, He's going to do it. He will actually come into the center of that asking, and will join with you in the agreement, and He will cause it to be done in your life. Verse 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. He comes into the midst of that asking of that agreement, and it'll be done. It will be done for them by my Father in heaven. I think this one verse, verse 19, is so powerful that if you'll just use it to accomplish something that you need, once it's accomplished and you check it off, you can take the same verse and now go on to the next thing and use that verse to now accomplish the next thing that you need to do. And really, you can just repeat this until the Lord comes back. Success accomplished. Success accomplished. Another mission agreement. Success accomplished. And just keep working this. You can work the Word just like a screwdriver, just like a wrench. Just work it. Work it. Work it. And that's all you have to do. Come into agreement. Now, the best way is with a Christian husband and wife. Now, I know some of you, you don't have that, you don't have that ability. That's okay. Relax. That's okay. But if you are a Christian husband, and you can come into agreement with your Christian wife, uh, that works very, very well. Praise the Lord. Pastor Stephen, what if I'm, what if I'm a Christian, and I'm married, and even my spouse is a Christian, but they're not spiritual? Okay, then you need to find you need to find somebody else. You need to find a prayer partner, somebody who's spiritual that can agree and lock in with you. Woo! Praise the Lord. That's all you have to do. That's all you have to do. If you're single, all you got to do is find a prayer partner, somebody spiritual that you can lock in. Look, it doesn't even have to be the pastor. It doesn't have to be me. Just somebody that loves God, loves to pray. And you can agree with them over this certain thing. Woo! You know, this doesn't blow your mind, just not blowing their mind. This is something that you're like, yeah, our faith can reach that. Let's agree. Boom! Anything, no matter what it is. Boom! Woo! God will do it for you. Jesus said that God will do it for you. Praise God. You know, let's go back in time. Let's go back 20 years ago. Over 20 years ago. I was 27 years old, I was single, 
and I was fed up with, the, with being single. I, I, I did not have the call to the monastic life. Praise the Lord. I, I was not um, anointed with the gift of celibacy. I wanted to get married. And I was 27 years old, and I wanted to get married. Praise God. And so I was living in Southern California, and I was living as a single male in a house where the landlord, the lady, would rent out rooms in her house. She was a Christian spirit-filled lady, very godly lady. She had several children, teenagers, that lived there in the home with her. But she had all these extra rooms, and so she would advertise in a Christian, local Christian newspaper, uh, you know, room available for this amount of money. And, uh, you know, and she would only allow, you know, guys that lived there that were Christians that honored the Lord and that were, you know, not smoking, doing drugs and stuff like that. So everybody that lived there in the house, there's probably five or six of us guys, you know, we're all working full time. We all love the Lord. But this is just a phase we're at in our life where, you know, this is where we're living. This is where we're staying. It's not, it's not permanent. This is just a transitory time. But while here, you know, it was, it was a blessing. And so, you know, I got to know all the different guys in the different rooms and, uh, Everybody loved the Lord. There's a lot of prayer going on. And, of course, we're all single. And, you know, so you just work and you pray. And, you know, life was a, you know, pretty simple plan. But I, you know, I was staying in, in my little room. And I, I came down one night because we all shared the refrigerator. And you can imagine how much stuff was in the refrigerator. The kitchen was being used all the time because, you know, we're all, you know, sharing uh, facilities. I, I went down one night. Uh, oh, maybe an eight, uh, eight or eight thirty or nine o'clock at night. Went down to the kitchen area, got something. There was a little living room area, very small living room, right next to the kitchen. Just kind of sat down, drinking a drink and relaxing. And the the landlord, she came, she came by because she lived she lived there uh, in the very back room with her and her her sons. She came by. She was by herself and just sat in the living room. And said, "Hey, she says, Stephen, how you doing?" I said, "I'm doing good." And uh, she said, everything okay? I said, yeah, everything's okay. But I said, can I, can I be honest? She said, yeah. And th this lady was, you know, um, she was an elderly lady. I said, um, it, it, she, she had had children in the latter phases of her life, probably right, out, right at the cutoff point uh, before, you know, you can't really have them anymore. But nevertheless, that's when she'd had her kids. Now she's grown up, still got the boys living with her. They're teenagers. And I, I said, you know, there's something I'd like to talk with you about. She said, what's that? I said, well, I'm 27 years old, and I, I'd like to get married. She said, really? I said, yeah. She said, oh, that's easy. And that startled me when she said that. I said, easy? I said, it doesn't seem very easy. I said, I, I, you know, I've talked to the Lord about it. I prayed about it. And here I, here I sit, you know, still, uh, still single. I'm not married, and I want to get married. And here I am sitting here single, you know. And uh, how, can you, how can you so casually say it's, it, this is easy? It intrigued me. It puzzled me how she could say that so casually, but yet so confidently. She said, oh, she said, she said, Stephen, she said, you wouldn't believe how many guys have come down those stairs just like you did, went over to the kitchen refrigerator, got something to drink, came, sat down here, and I walked through and sat down and talked with them, and they said the same thing, the same thing that you're saying and she said, they're all married today because of one prayer that I prayed with them. 
I said, no way. I said, what? What is, it? What, is this? what is this prayer? Where is this at in the Bible? She said, let's take our Bibles and take a look at it. We opened up. She said, go to Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. She said, by the way, she said, every guy that did exactly what you're doing, not only are they married, but every single one of them is married to a godly, spirit-filled wife who loves God, speaks in tongues, and loves the Holy Spirit. I said, seriously? She said, yes, every single one of them. They all did the same thing, came down the stairs just like you, and they're all married today, you know, moved out of the house, got married, and she said, I'll be happy to pray this prayer with you. So we read through it very slowly. And I said, that's it, just we agree, and we ask, just two of us here on earth, and it, it, that, that, like, that's it. She said, if you believe it, yes, it, that, that's all that, that it takes. God will do it. She said, I don't, know, I don't know how, but he'll do it. I said, well, it's in the Bible. Sure is, sure is a simple procedure. But I said, I said, I believe it. I said, pray the prayer. <laughs> and I'll agree. You do the praying, I'll do the agreeing. You know what you're doing with the praying. I'll, I'll at least do the agreeing. So she said, Father, in the name of Jesus, me and Stephen come together, and we ask that you give him a godly spirit filled spouse who loves you, and we ask that you do this quickly in the name of Jesus. We agree. It's done. I said, that's it? She said, that's it. She said, I just believe and thank the Lord. I said, okay, I believe it. I really believe God's going to do it. She said, good, because he's going to do it. Just consider it done. I went up, went back to my little, uh, I didn't even have a bed frame. I just had a mattress laying on the floor. Lay down on my little mattress, thanking God that I'm going to get married. Didn't know how. Didn't know how any of this was going to work out. But just believed that I'm going to get married. Woo! Woo! My days of being single are numbered. And I went to sleep. I woke up the next morning. It's Sunday morning. Previous night, of course, was Saturday night. Sunday morning, I'm getting ready to go to church. Getting ready to go to church. Praise God. And as I came down the stairs to get ready to go to church, I saw the landlady getting ready to leave. She saw me getting ready to go off my direction to where I went. She said, um, she said, Stephen, I don't know where you go to church at. And I told her, she said, oh, yes, yeah. she said, that's a good church. She said, she said, why don't you just visit my church today? I thought, well, why not? I said, where do you go to church at? She named the name of the church. I thought, well, I've never been there. But uh, I said, why not? Let's just do something different today. And so I jumped in the car with her, and off the church we went. Here I go to a church I've never been to before, and uh, walk into the church, and I said, just take us somewhere to sit, because I don't know. This, is, this was actually her church home. I said, you know what's going on around here. I don't, I don't know where to go. Followed her, and there's, there's maybe 800 chairs, and she starts going towards the front, goes way up to the front to the second row and turns down the second row, which is real long, and I, I'm in front of her. She said, you go around me. You sit there. She said, I'll sit here. And uh, we sat down. There was an empty chair next to me on my left, and the landlord is sitting on my right. Are you ready for miracles? Are you ready to see that Jesus knew what he was talking about? Are you ready to dare to believe God and work the word. Work it. Work it to fix your problems in life. Work it to solve your situations in life. 
Are you ready to take Matthew 18, 19 and come into a prayer of agreement? I'm smelling a heavenly fragrance right now. We're in the glory realm. Mm. I sat down there in the church I've never been in my life before, having no idea my destiny is, is tied to this place. There's an empty chair next to me on my left, and um, the service starts. The praise and worship starts. It's really good. And as the praise and worship got going, a team of intercessors who had been in the back room praying that God would move in the service, that, that group of intercessors came out, and they took their, their seats, and then they joined the worship. Well, one of those intercessors came and sat right next to me. I thought, wow, she's very attractive. Well, I've got to stay by, I've got to keep my mind focused on the Lord, praise and worship. Hallelujah. Woo. Jesus, I love you. Woo. Glory. Having a real nice time in the glory. Mm. Sure was wondering who that attractive lady was standing next to me with the beautiful red dress. Well, after the praise and worship, the pastor comes out and says, well, why don't you greet the person next to you? Well, I already know the landlord over here on my right. So I turn around to uh, Miss Beautiful on my left, and I said, hi. I said, who are you? She said, my name is Kelly. <laughs> and we started talking. And we've been talking ever since for over 20 years now. Oh, you talk about hit it off. We hit it off. I got her phone number. Mm. And called her later that night. Went out to eat. And we talked. And we talked some more the next day. And we've been talking ever since. Got married in two weeks. I, 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 be careful. Be careful. I don't recommend that. Don't go crazy. Don't go crazy. But she knew, and I knew. And when you know, and God knows, and uh, God's in it, you don't have to date for two years, okay? I, I, I think the two-year dating gets a lot of people in trouble. Well, we need to get to know each other for one year. Well, I, I think you're probably going to get in trouble for over, if you take that long, and you don't know what you're doing after a year, you maybe should just like, you know, back off for a little while and, and rethink the whole thing through. But we, we knew immediately, praise God. She loved the Lord. I loved the Lord. We both liked the same things. I mean, it was just like, whoo, fast, because God was in it. God was in it. Even, we didn't push anything, though. We didn't push it, but, just, but it just flowed. It just flowed. Praise God. I, look, look. Saturday night, I came into a prayer of agreement. God, God, give me my wife. I met her the next morning. I met the woman that I was to marry the next morning. Now, I didn't say, oh, I'm supposed to marry you. Now, it wasn't like that. But it was, it was like an unsaid thing, an unspoken holiness. I know that this is the person. And she, she told me later, she knew instantly that was the person. How about that? I sat next to her. Praise God. Hallelujah. Pastor Stephen, we can't really expect this to be fulfilled literally. Oh, you're too late to the game to tell me that. It is super duper literal. You ask in agreement, God will do it. God will do it. Jesus comes into the middle of that agreement and joins your faith. You too. Joins in faith with you too. And it's done. It's done. Now, I, I can't say he's going to do it, you know, like in 12 hours. I, I, I can't say something like that. But I can say that I've seen 
verse 19, as I've worked that verse, that word in my life, I've seen God do things that just um, really, I would have to classify them as a miracle. It's, it's God doing it. Praise the Lord. Maybe I should tell you part B of that story. I think it would bless you. What I didn't know is that months before, months before, the pastor of that church that I walked into that morning, the pastor of that church had stood before the congregation and said, we need, we need new chairs. We need new comfortable chairs. He said, so I'm going to ask each of you that, that is a member to sow a seed for a chair, okay, so that we can buy some chairs. So what Kelly had done is that in that offering, she sowed a seed for her chair, okay, so that a chair could be bought for her. She sowed a seed for her two children, Matthew and Jennifer, okay, and she sowed a seed. Now watch this. She sowed a seed for the man that she would believe, that she believed God would be her future husband, who she believed that when she sowed the seed, that he would come and sit in that chair. And I came not knowing, not knowing any of that, that she sowed a seed for that. I came into a church building with 800 empty seats, not empty, you know, some of them were filled. But when I walked in that morning, I could have sat anywhere. There's there empty chairs here in the back, up front, in the middle. But I came and sat literally right in the chair that she had sowed a seed and purchased that chair, sowing the seed saying, God, let my husband come sit in this chair. I came and literally sat in that chair. Pastor Stephen, you have to understand that when Jesus talked about seed time and harvest and sowing and reaping, those are just medical, metaphorical terminologies, this allegories that he's using only about spiritual conditions. Uh, you're too late to the game on that one, too. It's real. Just as real as the farmer sowing corn a kernel of corn, which I've done myself, grew up on a farm, into the soil, and a real harvest. Not a metaphorical, allegorical harvest, but real corn comes up that you can cook and eat and chew with your teeth. We're talking about the real stuff. Let me tell you this morning, my friends, you can take Jesus at His word. He cannot lie. It is absolutely impossible for God to lie. And if you will work this scripture and meet these very, very simple conditions. Look, look, I was 27 years old. You know, love God, but, you know, I don't know the things I know now. But I, I love the Lord, and in my condition, God honored that. And in her, that lady's condition, the landlord, of all people, you come into an agreement with a landlord, and it worked. Mm. If it can work under conditions like that, look at your faith. Look at the knowledge you have of God's Word. Look at the strength of the walk that you have with God. It's going to work for you. It's going to work for you. Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Right now, by the Holy Spirit, identify the one thing that you want God to do in your life. And the Holy Spirit will show you who you can come in agreement with. Mm. See, Paul talked about the love, the spirit of those who have the spirit of faith, the kindredness, 
the association of those who have the like spirit of faith. Find somebody who has a spirit of faith, who loves to pray, and say, look, I believe God will do this if, I, if you will agree with me. I'm needing God to do this. I want God to do this in my life. Will you agree with me? They say, yes. Okay, good. Let's pray now and ask God to do it. Okay. That's all you have to do. God's showing you what to ask. You have that desire. God's showing you what to ask. God's showing you who you can agree with. For some of you, it's, it's easy. It's your spouse. <laughs> okay. But for others, maybe, maybe you're not married. Or maybe you are married, but your spouse is not spiritual. Okay? God's showing you. God's showing you. Praise God. Glory. Glory. A prayer partner. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, this verse will get the job done. Hallelujah. I felt greatly quickened to teach this to you today. The Holy Spirit gave this to me today to serve to you today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Pastor Stephen, what, what should I ask God for? I, there's a, whatever's on your heart. Maybe you want to come out of debt. You could come into agreement with somebody that God deliver you from debt. Hey, how about, how about both of you agree that both of you be delivered from debt? Mm. Praise and uh, just, you know, praise God and believe God. But you got to ask him in agreement, in agreement. If you're going to gr- come into agreement, hallelujah. Somebody, you need a job. You need a job. Find somebody that's a person of faith who loves God that you can come into agreement and ask God for a job this week. This week, God, bring forth the job. Bring it forth quickly, oh God, for your glory. Hallelujah. Ask, no, no doubting. Ask, believe. And the Lord will come into the middle of that agreement and will join his faith with yours and he'll cause it to be done. Praise God. Hallelujah. Remember, anything, anything, plug in what you need. Don't try to tackle a million things at once. Just go after this one thing right now. That anything, plug it in. Ask Him for it. Ask Him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Concerning anything they ask, anything. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Identify it. Identify it. You may need to call this person as soon as the message is done. And say, I, I've, I've, I've heard a message on Matthew 18, 19. My faith is high. I need you to agree with me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Watch it come to pass. This is a miracle verse. Hallelujah. Lift your hands, Father. I pray for your people that they take this verse today and use it as the sword of the Spirit. The Word of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Let them make that agreement prayer. Let them make it today. In Jesus' name. So be it. Now see, so be it means I'm in agreement. It means amen. So be it. It is done. Conclude your prayer of agreement with amen. It means so be it. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen. Praise God. Aren't these simple instructions? Aren't the messages of Jesus, uh, the teachings, so simple and so easy to apply that, that, that it's so easy to work it? Praise God. The Lord is wonderful. My friends, let's take communion together. Woo! Hallelujah. Glory to God. Take some unleavened bread and some grape juice 
And after we take communion, I pray for you. I'm going to turn you loose. Go call that person and come into agreement. And God's going to do it for you. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We consecrate it. We bless it. This is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus Christ, the living Son of God. Thank you, Father. Father, as we receive the body of Jesus, we thank you, Father, that his blessings are so vast that the table spread before us is so extensive with blessings that we can walk in a blessing in order to be a blessing. And as we receive his word, we say that all of his promises are yes and amen. We say in agreement yes to them. We say yes to Matthew 18, 19, and we receive this promise now in his name. Let us take the body of Jesus. Let us take Matthew 18, 19 now. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for its mighty cleansing power. And we avail ourselves through the blood, and we draw near to you, O God. Woo! Nearer, my God, to thee. Hallelujah. Fathers, we drink it. We thank you for sanctification, holiness, and righteousness in Christ. Living our lives for you, knowing that we're only here for a temporary period of time. And soon, and very soon, we'll be going home to be with you. Father, we thank you. Till then, victory upon victory, and success and blessing. Offer your glory through the blood in Jesus' name. Let us receive it now. Praise God. Praise God. Father, I charge your people with faith and power that Matthew 18, 19 be exercised by them today, that they not just be hearers of your word, but as James said, they be doers as well. Father, let them take this word and go find somebody to pray and agree with today. And we thank you that you're going to do that for you're going to do this for them. And we thank you for the mighty testimonies that will be wrought through the promise of your word in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. My friends go walk in the power. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.